The views and opinions expressed by the guests on the following program do not necessarily represent those of Mark Radio, The Shepherd, or its advertisers. From the studios of The Shepherd Radio Network, it's Afternoons with Mike. This next hour is all about our walk with Jesus with local pastors, newsmakers, people who are making a difference for the gospel. Now, here is your host, Mike Gilland. Hey friends, and welcome back to another program, Afternoons with Mike, heard daily right here on the Shepherd Radio Network. I have a friend back with me today. Gosh, it's been a couple of years now since the first time Naisha Harrington was on my program. As I recall, the first show we did together was over the phone. Yes. But then the next time, it was right here in the studio that you came up to be with me. And it was prior to an event, which is coming back up again. Yes. And that was this incredible event that you're doing at Church in the Sun. Yes. And then finally, as a way of introduction to my guest today, uh, she will also, uh, in addition to Andy Searles, who I just had on my show last week, uh, Naisha was at the same leadership conference mm-hmm. that we had last week. Yes. So it is great to have Naisha Harrington back in the studio again. Welcome back. It's great to be here. This is so cool to have you here. Yes. Now on day one of that conference, you and I got to sit next to each other. We did. I don't know how I lucked out on that one, but it was so much fun. <laughs> what a so I had you on one side and Vicki Matthews mm-hmm. from Choices was on the other side. Mm-hmm. I'm privileged to serve on the board oh, for wow. Choices. Wow. So it was a it was a delight to get to spend that kind of time with her. And then together though, we all learned so much from the person leading this. We did. And what to me was the highlight of our two days together was all these leaders fellowshipping around, mm-hmm. eating lunch together, mm-hmm. kind of going through the day's worth of teaching. And that thing was nine to five. It was intense. Yes, it was. <laughs> so how are you doing? I'm doing fantastic. And I, and I concur. That meeting was just amazing. We learned so much. I believe not just about uh, what God is doing in our city, but also individually, right? We learn how if we were relational or transactional and what that meant and really how we can best work together as leaders in mm-hmm. our community to really get that gospel out. And so what a phenomenal opportunity that we got together to, you know, just to sit together, to glean from one another. There were many things that I didn't know that I got an opportunity to learn from you all. And what an opportunity and a pleasure it was. To well, be it was meeting. a joy to it be was. there. It and was. that very page that you're talking about, Uh, Andy and I did the first segment last week on that very page, relational versus transactional. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. And the teaching that uh, Ford Taylor brought was so helpful. And of course, he's coined a new phrase or a new word, relational. Relational. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that was, um, and, and Andy had pointed out how that when he heard that, what kind of spoke through is that when you take the relational and the transactional and you put it together, it kind of reminded him of the word relax mm-hmm. and mm. how it brings peace to one's heart. Yes. When so you are in proper balance on these two aspects of our lives together, wow. which we need to be relational. It's true. But we also need to get things done. Hey, man. <laughs> hey, man. <laughs> and there's a lot of people may kind of err on one side or the other, of that mm-hmm. pendulum swing. Mm-hmm. But relational brings us in the middle. Mm-hmm. And we are in realizing that, I, you know, I thought of that. I went home and told my wife or on the way home, we were talking. I was had a nice about 35 minute drive home. And uh, I was saying, honey, I realized that. Of the two of us, you are the transactional person <laughs> on a weekend. And that is noted for us on the weekend. Yep. Uh, I am, I'm ready just to talk and ready to be together and rest. <laughs> and my wife is ready for this honeydew list that yes. she's been waiting <laughs> all week long for me to do. And I need to do those things. Right, 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 right. Those are transactional <laughs> things that need to have happen. But um, it's a beautiful thing when you've got a couple that are working together and maybe mm-hmm. one might represent the other camp. Mm-hmm. But here you are. You're both, you're relational 
and you're transactional. I am. I am. I think it was a design of God. I think that I am very relational. I love people. I'm an extrovert. I mean, you can put me in a room with people and I will just shine because that is my dominant, I believe, side relational. Oh, nice. So when you walk in, <laughs> the room lights up. It really does. Yeah, I love, I love people. I love God's people. And, and that's where I shine the most. Um, and, but also I recognize that as I was coming up as a mother, right? You got to be a little bit of transactional, right? You got to get stuff done. If you don't get anything done, then, then everything's all over the place. And so you kind of learn how to be a little bit more balanced and me leading such a global ministry. You have to be able to get things done. I can't just be so relational that nothing gets done, right? Because we have to be able to measure and see how well we're doing, the impact that we're making and where to go from there. And so those things are very, very critical to, to see how far you're going and how far you uh, have come along. And so I've learned to be uh, more balanced and yeah. it's took a lot of prayer. Yeah. So I don't think it comes naturally to me. It's something that I've asked the Lord to help me with throughout the years is to make sure that I can balance myself out so that I can get some things done right. and be in, even more impactful in my life. Well, you are definitely doing that. Oh, and uh, and I'm grateful for you. Now, this conference is coming up. Yes. Uh, it is it is local to those of us that are here, but you're bringing in people from all over. Absolutely. In fact, this is the the conference. I've had three conferences. This is the third one uh, where we're bringing people from different uh, countries. So we have people flying in from Jamaica. We have people from different states like New York and um, California, and they're all flying in. This is probably one of my biggest conferences where I have people coming from all over the globe. Um, I've had in the past conferences, people coming from different cities and maybe different states, but this is the first time we have people coming from different countries. Mm -hmm. And I know God is doing something supernatural and I'm excited about it. Now, the first time that you were with us, you gave us a bit of your testimony, which I'd like for the fact that a, a lot of people are listening today that would not have heard that. Yeah. Why don't you share a little bit about how it is that you came to know the Lord in the beginning? Absolutely. So for me, I kind of grew up with a little bit of, uh, you know, we, we say exposed to church, you know, my great, I came up with my great grandmother. So she exposed us to church, um, some songs, maybe went to church periodically. And they used to send us on the church school bus. They we would go to Sunday school and they would put the kids on the bus. I used to think to myself, they were probably trying to get rid of us. Right. But we would go. And I remember being exposed uh, to the Lord very, very early, not really understanding any of it. But I think I got saved about 500 times because they <laughs> <laughs> Never stop the kids from coming to the altar. Yeah. You, you know it. Let the kids go. And I went and they never stopped me. But very early on, I was starting to question who was the Holy Spirit. My grandmother was Pentecostal and they would have this thing where they would run around the church. And of course, I didn't know what they were doing at that time. And they would jump up and fall down and they would cover them up with sheets. And, and they would say they were being filled with the Holy Ghost or they caught the Holy Ghost. And I would be sitting in my young with my young mind saying to myself, wow, if I have to catch the Holy Ghost like that, I don't think I'm going to catch him. But that was me trying to understand what it was. And I believe that was God attracting me to who he was. And even though I didn't understand, that was him showing me a little bit of a glimpse of who he was. Not quite yet, but just a glimpse. And so further along down the line in my 20s, I was in college and I hit a dark road. And I'm telling you, Mike, I'm telling you, it felt like spiritually and naturally, I could not see. I could not see. And for about two weeks, I cried hysterically. Like I would be driving the car crying. I would be clicking and crying. I just could not stop crying. And finally, at the two week period, I said to myself, my life must be over. Mm -hmm. It must be over because I don't hear anything. I can't see anything. I had no vision. And I remember those little glimpses when I was younger that somehow, some way there must be a God. And at 22 years old, I screamed at the top of my lungs and I said, God, if you are real, I need you to show yourself to me. And after that, I went to sleep and I had a dream. And in my dream, the Lord grabbed my hand and said, I have your back and I'm here for you. Wow. And I will be here. And at that mm. moment, I knew that I knew. Let me tell you why. Because I was in Tallahassee by myself going to college 
and no one was around. I didn't tell FSU? FAMU and FSU. I went okay. to both. Went to both. Double okay. majored. Uh, and, and no one knew about anything. I didn't tell any of my family members. Um, I was just in this place of isolation yeah. where I felt like no one could help me. And if God did not do it, then it was just not going to get done. But when he, when I had that dream and he appeared to me, I knew, I knew it out of a shadow of a doubt that it was God. Mm -hmm. And when he showed himself to me, let me tell you from that moment on, I began to seek the Lord. I began to really dive into his word. I really wanted to understand who is this God that saved my life? Who is this God that brought me out of darkness, literally, into the marvelous? Like, I wanted to know more about him. It wasn't about ministry or anything about that. I wanted to know about this loving father that they they were talking about when I was younger. But now I get an opportunity to know for myself that he is God. And do you know from that moment on, I never looked back. Wow. I've always served the Lord with my whole heart. And that's the proof of the uh, uh, the pudding, if you yeah. will. That is, yeah. that's when you know you've got the real thing oh, yeah. is, was there change? Yeah. And did you stay with it? Which both of those are yes, yes. in your case. Mm -hmm. Now, you mentioned your grandmother. Were your parents part of your life uh, spiritually they early were, on? They were part of my life, but not so much spiritually. My mother had us very young and she had three kids. So she worked. Uh, about three jobs just to make sure ends met, right? So my great-grandmother was the matriarch, really, of the whole family. My great-grandmother had you nine. You knew your great-grandmother. I knew my great-grandmother, and I was a grandmother's baby. I was her baby. I wow. sat at her feet. I was there gleaning from her growing up, which is a lot of people don't get to say that. No. But we had a matriarch grandmother, uh, nine children, seven girls, two boys. Uh, there was a slew of kids. We, our family's so big. It's huge. My father was not in my life. He was, he was absent. Um, and so at this time there's a gap there. So whatever my mother could not do, my great grandmother filled in the gap. And she was this, uh, this pillar for her whole entire family. Now for your great grandmother mm -hmm. to be alive, the, you had to have come to your mother at a early age. Mm -hmm. And then your grandmother had to be pretty young when she mm -hmm. started having children yep. too. Yeah. So she was really, I, and I'm telling you, she was really the matriarch. Everything I learned about God came from my great grandmother. I would watch her read her Bible. I would write, watch her listen to gospel songs and worship God and pray for her family. And I really believe those prayers that she prayed really is the foundation for which God began to speak in my life. And let me tell you why my great aunt to this day, because right now she's the matriarch. My great aunt sent me a text about 2 AM in the morning. And she said to me, she said, and I still have it. She says, Naisha, I've been, I've been praying for our family for a very, very long time. She says, but now I know that I've been praying and fasting for you. Wow. You are the one. And not just her, my grandmother, all of the people in my family. It's like God, like God, like God knew that he was going to raise me up. And very early he exposed me to who he was. I mean, of course I didn't understand any of that stuff, but it was still in the back of my head. He still showed me glimpses. I kind of, um, uh, imagine it being something like, you know, uh, Samuel where God, he didn't know God, but God was calling him. And, and I, I, I didn't have another voice to recognize that God was calling me early. And so I kind of missed that call at that time. Mm -hmm. But God has a way yes, of coming back around. Yes, he does. And he came back around when I was about 20, year, 23 years old, and he spoke again. And that, I believe, was my second call. That's wonderful. You know, mm -hmm. to have that first call, like you've mentioned, that's such a privilege. And mm -hmm. I don't think a lot of people realize the role that family is to play, mm -hmm. the, import, uh, the importance of a grandmother, or yes. in your case, a great grandmother. Great grandmother. That is so amazing mm -hmm. to have had that. I never knew my great grandparents mm -hmm. at all. Never met them. They were gone before I came around. Yeah. Yeah. I barely knew my uh, my grandmother on my dad's side. Uh, I mean, I knew her. I was a young kid. I think I, she passed away when I was nine mm -hmm. or something like that. Uh, so it it was a long, long, long time ago, and. Still yet, what I do remember was so important, mm -hmm. but we're living in a day where a lot of kids today do not appreciate mm -hmm. the role that an extended 
part of your family oh, really yeah. can bring into your life. Yeah. That's something I still in my kids. Uh, family is a big deal for me. I really believe that God has given me a heart for family. I raise my children like that. My son's getting ready to go to college. My daughter graduates this coming year and she'll be headed off to college. And family, You look way too young for this. Well, thank you so much. I, I, <laughs> That's my, crazy. I used to tell my, my son, I used to complain about it. I said, oh my gosh, I look so young. Everybody thinks I'm so young. And my, my son says, he says, mom, don't worry about it. You just don't look stressed out. And I said, you know what, son? That may be good. That yes. was his perspective. I receive it. Um, and and <laughs> And so they kept me young. We are a very active fam- family. And and so um, I really, really um, have a heart for families. Yeah. I really, really, yeah. really have a heart for families. And as I pastor people, as I minister to people, that is one thing that I tried to help them to understand how important it is for your family. You don't get to choose your family. You wake up and you're in a family. You, you wake up one day, you're born and, and God, God gives you this family. I used to always say to myself, God, why did you put me in this family? Right. Except you knew there was going to be something in me that was needed in order to shift our family. And so I pray for my family. Uh, if you ever see any of my social media pages, you will see me with my family, my mother, my stepfather, my grandmother, my, my brothers, my sisters, my uncles, and many of them have come to Christ um, because the Lord has called me to be steadfast. Do you still have your grandparents? I have. My great grandmother has passed away now. Okay. Uh, but my grand, sure. my grandmother, my mom's mom, which I'm super close to as well. How old is she now? Oh, God. Gosh, oh, she probably won't well, like, that's okay. tell it. That was a bad question. <laughs> Naisha, <laughs> just forget that. <laughs> and then my grandfather is still alive. That's um, incredible. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And he's up there as well. And, and he's having some challenges right now that we're working through. Um, but I love them so much. That's great. And every opportunity I get to be with them, I, I will get up and I'll just go and, and do lunch with them sometimes. And just That's beautiful. Mm-hmm. Now, Cindy and I have 10 grandkids. Oh, my goodness. Yeah, so we That's get to, gift. We're, it is a gift. And I was able to be on the stage this uh, uh, on Father's Day wow. playing guitar with my, uh, well, I, uh, with three of my, three of my kids, my yeah. three daughters yeah. all live in the Orlando area. Wow. And so we didn't realize that it was working out that way. But on Father's Day, we were all part of the worship team. Wow. So my oldest daughter is married to the the pastor of our church. Wow. And she sang that day. My youngest daughter is the worship leader and a guitar player. And my middle daughter plays bass. Wow. And I played electric guitar and we were all part of the worship team. And so... I, I get this whole thing about the importance of family. Yes. It's wonderful. My son, I'll get to see him in August. Yeah. He'll turn 40 this year. Yes. Wow. And he has four kids of his own that we just adore and Amen. we'll get to see them. The role of family is so important. So I couldn't agree important. with you more. So important. Actually, at my conferences, you will see everybody kind of lined up on the front row. You'll see my mom, you'll see my stepfather, you'll see my grandmother, you'll see my sisters, you'll see my brothers. You will see my godmothers who who I've uh, built relationships with throughout the years as I was coming up as a minister. Um, you'll see my kid's grandmother, their dad's mom. She'll also be on the front row. So that just goes to tell you how big family is to me. And it's not just my immediate family, it's also extended family. Yeah. That's yeah, right. And that's what I love about family. you. Mm-hmm. Naisha Harrington is my yeah. guest. And we're going to talk about this conference that's coming up. It's yes. coming up soon. Yes. In fact, it's mid-July when it will be on. So we'll be back with her in a moment. This is Afternoons with Mike, and you're on The Shepherd. Pastors and financial leaders, do you need expert accounting or tax help? Do you have payroll or 1099 questions? Do you need a ministry expert to help you acquire real estate for your next project? If the answer is yes, yes, and yes, visit PetraWorldwide.org. Petra Worldwide has been strengthening ministries to transform humanity since 2007. Visit PetraWorldwide.org or call 855-481-9095. Palm Beach Atlantic University, Orlando offers three distinct areas of study. An evening Master's of Science in Clinical Mental Health Counseling, an evening Bachelor's of Science in Human Services, and our new Daytime Bachelor's of Science in Nursing. All of our courses are offered at our beautiful campus on Millennia Boulevard. 
For more information or to schedule a tour, call 844-PBA-ORLANDO. That's 844-PBA-ORLANDO. Segment two here on Afternoons with Mike with Naisha Harrington, who is uh, from the, uh, the Central Florida area and is part of a, a great uh, ministry that God has given her with women across the country of impacting globally the world. And she has um, this going on with a second annual women's conference called the called Women Arise. And th- these uh, you did this once before. It was hosted mm-hmm. over at our friends Church of the Sun yes. with Alex Clattenburg over yes. there. Yes. And they're hosting this conference again, right? Yes, yes, yes. Uh, we are so excited to be a family. I'll say that with Church in the Sun. Um, we had our conference there last year and uh, right at the end of our conference, they were pleased with how the conference went and just welcomed us back for the next year. And we are so excited to be there. I told them they're just my family. They're that's just awesome. another extended family, right? Yeah, that's great. So and we exciting. talked about that in segment one, mm-hmm. your heart and the real role that families played in what you do. Mm-hmm. Kind of give us an idea when God called you into not only just serving him as as any believer needs to serve him and to be a witness for Jesus. What about the call of God in your life toward ministry? How'd that happen? Oh, wow. So I, w- I moved to Central Florida and I had been serving in a local church for almost 10 years. And what church is that? Uh, this is Macedonia Missionary Baptist mm-hmm. Church right over here in Eatonville. And I had been serving for some time and just really attending Bible studies. I remember the first time I went and Pastor Varnes at the time, which was my pastor, said, we got to get you in a Bible study because I was so excited. I was I was new to it and I was just excited to get started on mission for God. And the first thing he says was, let's get you in the Bible study. Let's get you worded up. And I would tell you in the 10 years that I was under his leadership, I probably only missed Bible study five times. Wow. And I don't mean just Bible study. I was in discipleship classes. I was in spiritual maturity classes. I was in, uh, and he eventually moved me over into the ministerial classes once he realized I had a call on my life. And I attended all of them faithfully. Uh, and my kids came along as well. So they've really been a part of um, my growth. And so, um, probably halfway through it, I remember going to a conference with Bishop TD Jakes and, uh, Mm. just being stirred up in the spiritual realm. He was speaking, I, I believe destiny, uh, a destiny series over us. And, um, that stirred something up in me. And all of a sudden I began to have dreams and visions of callings and God began to call me in my dreams. And I came back to Pastor Barnes, super excited before he moved me over into the ministerial classes. And I said, I think I'm called to preach and teach and, and God is calling me to really pastor and lead. And, um, and he was okay. 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 Tell me, tell me more about it. Right. Mm-hmm. Uh, but you can already see, um, because I feel like Whatever you're, whatever God is calling you to, you're kind of already doing it to some certain extent. You I know, would agree with it, you. It shouldn't be yeah. shocking yeah. to people that you're called to do that. It you was, were already leaning yeah, into that. I was already leaning into it. I mean, as a little girl, I used to have people in my neighborhood line up, the little kids in chairs. And I, a little girl talking about nothing, but they would listen. So I didn't know I had the gift of leadership then. But they would still come and they would they would listen to me talk about nothing and they would be so inspired and encouraged, maybe about Cheetos. I don't know what we're talking about back then, you know, but they were excited about it, you know. Did you take an offering to buy more Cheetos? I should have. I should have. I should have because they show ate all of them. And so when he start when when I got stirred up in the spirit, I went to my pastor and I told him, I know that I'm called to do this. Um, And going forward, God just continued to confirm it, confirm it and confirm it. And I remember saying sitting in a, uh, a class with all the other reverends and pastors and leaders and new to a uh, Baptist church and new to being a minister as a woman in the Baptist church. I remember being in a class with all of these men and a little bit timid of raising my hands, even though I was so stirred up because I really wasn't sure what protocol was and I was learning and I was growing. Um, and then I finally spoke up. And when I was done speaking up, Everybody in the round the room said, who should we call you? Bishop, pastor, apostle, leader. And at that moment, it was confirmed, even with the leaders in the room, they didn't even realize what they were doing. 
but they were confirming the calling once I spoke up. And that, that really sparked something to me to learn more, to dive in more with the Lord, to develop a, a deeper relationship with the Lord. And of, cor- of course, I had a lot of persecution and opposition and just a lot that came with the calling and really was learning that some of that comes with uh, God calling you and just growing and gleaning. And from yeah. that point on, I just begin to grow grow, grow, grow. I was hungry. I was like Jeremiah, like fire shot up in my bones. And I just wanted to learn everything about the Lord that I could. And that is really where it was. Um, and so with all the studying and I think they put me in King James, right? King James Bible. So I learned from King James. If you hear me ever quoting the Bible is coming from King James. Um, that's the, that's the Bible that I study out of most of the time. And I use other translations, but that is really what I've studied mm-hmm. out of. And so anytime I'm speaking, you'll hear King James um, out of my voice. And so fast forward, growing in ministry, God began to confirm the call. And I remember uh, 2020, I would say 2020, um, I was on no social media. First of all, I've only been on social media for three years. So if you see me out there and you see some crazy posts or uh, some kind of uh, etiquette that I don't know about, just give me a little bit of grace. I'm new to social media. I'm new to social media. And that's so, a good thing in my book. Yeah, that is right. Yeah. And so 2020 and of course, COVID and all of that stuff happened. And uh, my pastor at the time was saying, hey, we're, we're going to be going to the social media outlets and you need to get social media. And I'm like, no, you know, I don't, I don't know if I'm called to the social media scene. And they were like, no, we, we need you to do it because that is the way that we're going to still be reaching the church. And so of course I had to get an account, but what I did not know is that God would launch my ministry from social media. Mm-hmm. Cause as soon as we launched many, because all the churches were closed, people were reaching out to me from near and far saying, Hey, can you pray for me? I need encouragement. The Lord called me to finally to start a Facebook group. Um, and I started this Facebook group. But the moment I started it, all these people started coming and saying, oh, my gosh, we've been praying for this. All these women, I've been praying for this. We were looking for a place that we can go to just be encouraged. This is a lot going on in the world. We just need a place to go to be encouraged. There's a lot going on in social media. And I made the group private so that the ladies will have the opportunity to be transparent and authentic and could just be themselves on this platform. And so I've set some guidelines to be nice, uh, but Mm -hmm. to also to be free to, to be yourself. And so with that, uh, that was January 1st, 2021. I launched it. God spoke to me again. I was on the phone with one of my friends from Miami and she says, you know, Naisha, if you ever did a conference, I would be there. And I, and the Lord spoke to me right in that message. And I had a a meeting coming up with my pastor that same day. And I hadn't told him about the group on Facebook, but I said, let me just bring this up to him. Cause I feel like God is calling me to take the ladies off of social media and and be with them and, and sit with them and have this group outside of uh, social media. And so I went to him and I told him about it and he kind of paused for a little bit. And he said, uh, I could totally see it. Go for it. Wow. Go for it. So it went from there to God really, really, really authenticating my calling. I knew I had a gift of leadership. I knew I had more of an apostolic call. Uh, but when God spoke to me in a dream, it just uh, solidified it. And I just brought it to my leaders and we just confirmed it. And yeah. as I can say, I, as you can see, it's just happening before me every day. Yeah. And you're doing this in a time yeah. when a lot of ladies that yeah. are in ministry, mm-hmm. there's a big debate going on, even in the Baptist church right mm-hmm. now about women in oh, yeah. leadership. Oh, yeah. Women who are being called pastors, women are not. And, you know, I, I've, uh, I, I, when it's one of these kinds of things, uh, now at this role that I play in my, in my ministry, a lot of my, uh, I, I always answer this way. A lot of my friends believe this way. And a lot of my friends believe that way. Mm-hmm. I'm for my friends. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. yeah. That's kind of the ground. Yeah. Now for you, that, uh, that takes much more of a personal attack. And one of the things that I want to affirm about you, you are one of the most humble young women that I've ever had the privilege to meet. And you, with your gifting, with the clear gifting that's on your life, uh, you are not at all haughty and you're not demanding. And I love that about you, Naisha. You have a way of just uh, making uh, people feel comfortable with you and they love you. And that's 
that's something that's a real wonderful thing. So I want to affirm you publicly and say, I really appreciate the way God is using you, especially in this ladies conference. Every, every lady that I know that's met you speaks very highly of you. you. So that's a wonderful thing. Thank you so much. Uh, Thank you so much. Well, I mean it. I really do mean it. And this meeting that you've got coming up, you've got people from all over. Tell us a little bit about this conference. I do. Women Arise Conference was birthed just out of that. It's just to bring these women together, to pour into their lives, to empower them, to encourage them, to walk by faith and not by sight, to trust the God that they serve and to know that God is for them and that God is with them and that they can do all things through Christ who strengthens them. And so when he called me to do launch this conference, um, it it was really a no brainer because I knew I'm very confident in this, that, that, that God, when God called me, And I had those divine encounters as we talked about in segment one, he did something in my heart that he put a level of confidence and boldness in me, not in myself, but in him, that whatever he called me to do, my answer would be yes. And so when he called me to bring these ladies together, to bring them from not just off of social media, from different countries, from different cities, from different states, from different backgrounds, You have different denominations in there. You have Spanish, you have black, you have white, you have all these people in one room. Um, That can only come from the Lord, right? You can only, that can only be done because the Lord called it to be. And I really believe that when he said that to me, it was clear. It was clear. And I thought at first, God, are you sure me? Yeah. You know, of course I questioned it. I asked him, I said, God, are you sure you're calling me, me, little old me, right? And when he confirmed it and when I sat with some wise counsel, um, that was it. Yeah. We went forth and my ministry that he's gifted me with is only two years old as of January 1st, just two years old two years old and look at what God has already done in two years. Yes. I've been serving in ministry for almost 15 years, but I've always been behind the scenes serving in the local assembly. And now God is doing something new with this ministry It's going global. And I'm excited because I have such a heart for God's people Uh, and it doesn't matter the background. It doesn't matter. It really is about the heart of God for his people. And I believe in the church being one body. I understand the vision of God is that we would all be one as he and the father. Jesus talked about this in John 17. I pray that that would be one as you and I are one. He was talking to the father and I stand with Jesus prayer in John 17 that we will be one as he and the father are one. And this is how he's doing it through this ministry that he's gifted me. It is apostolic. It is breaking barriers. It is crushing all of those things because he's calling us together. And this conference is a little bit different because we're actually going to have some men there. I'm going to have some of my men friend pastors who are going to be there to pour into the ladies uh, and marriages. Cause sometimes you need to see both couples. You need to see the man and the woman so that the, the women can see both dynamics and not just one side. And so I've asked them to be a part of it. And of course they're on board with me and I'm super excited for what God is going to do for his people. That's tremendous. Now this is called Women Arise Conference 2023. It's going to be held on the 15th of July, starting at 8 a.m., an early start. Yes. (laughs) One of those conferences that you got to get up quite early for to be there Early from 8 a.m. all the way to 9 p.m. Yes. Now that's a long day and you've got a lot of activities and a ton of people mm-hmm. uh, packed into that one of all forms, right? Oh my goodness. We, we, the first three months we sold out of vendors, it was 35, 35 vendors, two per table. So 70 vendors total sold out the first three months. We have all kinds of food trusts. We have almost up to 500 people in attendance to this whole conference. My team, my conference team is over 23. I counted last night, 23 speakers at large and it is all kinds of volunteers and people it's going to be incredible i'm excited for what god is doing again this ministry is just two years old yeah when you look at that kind of success (laughs) and i know a lot of people a lot of us have been involved in ministry for Mm -hmm. years it's hard to put together something that 
is well attended in this yeah. day and age. And if you ask any pastor, yeah. he's going to tell you that very thing. Yeah. Getting people to come. In fact, because of COVID, mm-hmm. a lot of members in churches are still sitting at home mm-hmm. on Sunday mornings. Hey, I encourage you to get back, get in fellowship. And here you're holding this conference. You've got 500 people already mm-hmm. planned on yeah. coming. Something that's about, what, two and a half, three weeks away almost. Yes. And yet they're still going to be there. Yes. <laughs> uh, they've already signed up. Yes. And you've got all of these, and you say vendors, that's all of the people that are have brought tables out. It's mm-hmm. almost like a little miniature expo mm-hmm. type thing, right? Mm-hmm. And you've got all these people coming. It's already a success. That's got to thrill your heart. It, it does. And what I really want um, everyone to really know is that with this apostolic call on my life, I still have a heart for the local assembly in the church. So my heart is that I also make sure that people know how important that part is as well. Yeah. You know, we're really one body. That fivefold ministry is important. And sometimes, you know, people have their reasons why they won't go into a local assembly, but this is why God calls us to go out. This is why God sends us out into different areas so that we can remind them and encourage them and empower them that this is important too. Like this is important that you have an assembly of people that you're with, the people that you can fellowship with on a day-to-day base, people that can still hold you accountable and people that you can grow with. And and so these things are important as well. And these, hopefully this is what I'll instill the, the title of the conference. The theme of the conference is a call to revival. Mm, so that's what we're we talking about. And I'll start oh. off preaching and we'll be talking about just that. We'll be talking about the love of Jesus Christ. We'll be talking about those foundational truths. I'm going to kick that conference off just with that information to let them know that what Jesus spoke is true. It's solid. We're preaching the gospel. Yeah, We're preaching the gospel and I'm starting off preaching the gospel. And then we're going to go into these sessions where we're going to be talking about different areas of our lives that need revival. Mm. That neat revival. And then we're going to couple it up. We're going to finish it off with talking about revival and families, because I believe that's important as well. That's right. Yeah. And your kids are involved with you on a lot of these things. Oh, yes. My kids have, they are PK kids. They've been in ministry with me since day one, since babies. Yeah. Since babies, they've grown up. Every every minister's meeting I've been in, guess who's been there? Yeah. Right there. The only children. Yeah. And I know many people can vouch for this. They'll hear this and they're like, yes, that girl is right. My kids have been the only kids that have been sitting there the whole time. They have been a part of this. They're a part of ministry. They have a pastoral heart. I know it. I won't force them because I know they have their own calling on timing, but they are incredible kids. If you ever meet them, you would know what I'm talking about without even trying. Without a doubt. Without a doubt. And let me tell you, um, my daughter, she worked, I'm shameless plug, she works for Chick-fil-A. And some people who know me will sneak up on her and say, hi. And then they'll send me a message and say, I talked to your daughter. She's so awesome. She's so incredible. And, and, and it really is a testament, I believe, to principles being instilled in those children at very, very early ages. I love it. And so that is what I really want to get back to when I deal with families. That's awesome. We're going to have to take a break. My guest is Naisha Harrington. (laughs) Love this lady. She is uh, on fire for God. And the conference is coming up. We'll talk more about that. Don't go away. This is Afternoons with Mike. EC Waters Air Conditioning and Heat serves all your comfort needs. With over 40 years experience, EC Waters is a top trained comfort specialist, earning customers for life with integrity. No wonder EC Waters Air Conditioning and Heat has earned a 4.6 or higher out of 5 rating and reviews across all major online platforms. For all your comfort needs, call 407-603-9144 or visit ecwaters.com. So much fun to have Naisha Harrington in the studio with me. She's been up here before. She is a go-getter for God, if I could uh, use that expression. She loves Jesus. One thing I love about you, your whole ministry, it's for all people, all denominations, like you said. I would I would even go beyond that and say all all color. Yes, you're colorblind, and that's what I love mm-hmm. about you, Naisha. Mm-hmm. It, it's uh, it, we just need that kind of unity in the church. 
church today. Mm-hmm. Amen. And, you know, it was so much fun to be at this recent meeting with you, this conference that you and I attended. Yes. And I, I just loved our interaction around the table. Uh, just watching you with people is a joy, okay. really, for me to see. And uh, getting to have uh, this door swing open as I get to have here on the radio with me, leaders from all different walks of life. It is so much fun to have people like you that really have a heart for the gospel. And that's really what is being expressed in this. A call to revival is what this is all about. And oh, may God give us revival in this day and age. I I believe it. And I'll be praying with you. I'm hopeful that I can join with you for part of that day over at Church in the Sun. Now, we've talked about it already. I want to give the dates. It's it's actually one date, July 15th. So it's coming up now in just about a little over two weeks. Mm -hmm. Uh, It's going to be from 8 a.m. to 9 p.m. It's going to be at Church in the Sun. That's on John Young Parkway in Orlando. Give us a rundown of some of the folks and what will be talked about at this meeting. Oh my goodness. I'm super excited for this line up this season. You know, one of the things that I, um, at first I wasn't going to do a conference this season and then God says, no, yes, do it. I usually do a two day conference. It's usually a little bit more extensive, uh, but God says a one day conference this year, this year. And I believe next year we're going to go to two years again. Um, and one of my prayers, anytime I do anything like this is God, who do you want to bring to this conference? You know, the hearts of your people, you know, what's going on in their lives and you know what we need, right? So when you gave me the theme, a call to revival, what do we need to be revived in? And so of course you're going to have myself preaching the gospel because of course we need a revival in relationship with Jesus. And we're going to kick that conference off with such, and then we're going to be dealing with marriages. We have all types of pastors and leaders and none of our pastors and leaders are from Orlando. I think we had just have one, but they're from Orlando, I'm at Ocala and Tampa. They're from all over Florida and they're coming here to speak to marriages and to singles about the foundation in marriages. Mm-hmm. And then we also have our very own, one of my dear sisters and friends, Krista Parker, who is the U S president of the Christian chamber of commerce. And she's going to be talking about reviving your business, right? How to do it God's way, how to do it God's way. And to get back to some of those principles, you know, there's a scripture in Psalms 11 and three that says, if the foundations be destroyed, what can the righteous do? Yeah. And I believe if we get back to foundational things, foundational principles, then I believe from that place we can grow. And we can evolve into whatever God has called us to do. Isn't it sad to see a culture that we live in Mm -hmm. here in America? We don't know our foundations. They're Mm -hmm. not being taught to our kids today. Right. And it's so important because how, how can you grow? How can you grow without a solid foundation? How can you grow if you don't know who you are? You know, uh, anytime you're talking about root, because sometimes you talk about fruit, but fruit is a sign of root. And if the root is not solid, Jesus talks about this in John 15, apart from me, you can do nothing. In other words, he is the root system that we need in order for us to be productive and to be fruitful and to be prosperous and to be successful. And so we got to get back to the foundation. We got to get back to the roots of what he has already said, which is already said. We don't, we don't have to reinvent the wheel. We just need to be obedient to what God has said. And so I'm bringing some dynamic leaders who are going to deal with foundation truths. And so when I met with them, the first thing I said to them is guys, any, we're going to, we're going to discuss whatever it is God has placed on your heart, but we have got to discuss the foundation because it's the foundation that has been tampered with there. There's the foundation that has cracks in it. And if the foundation be destroyed, according to Psalms 11 and three, what can the righteous do? He's not mm-hmm. talking about the rest of the world. Yeah. He's talking about the righteous. What can we do if there's a crack in our foundation? And so one of the things I talked to about the leaders and when they got it, once they caught the vision, I knew that they were the ones. Crystal, Christi, Christy, we have all types of leaders t- talking about revive your purpose. What is that purpose? Jesus says, He says, uh, upon this rock, I build my church and the gates of hell should not prevail against thee. There is a foundational principle that God has already set. And if we can get back to what he had in mind, 
what he had in mind before. And we, we see that in scripture before the foundation world, which he has already lined out for us. Then I believe that our purposes, our purpose will continue to flourish. Right. So we're dealing a lot with that. We're talking about revival. We're talking about the Valley of dry bones. We're talking about Mm. things that are dry, very dry and scatter. And we're needing God to breathe on us. We're needing to bring these things to light. We're needing to shed some light on them and just discuss them and help people to, to figure out what they need to do to get back on target or in alignment with God's purpose for their lives. You know, that that that. picture from Ezekiel 37, what a great picture that is. And mm-hmm. I love the fact I've always enjoyed reading that and hearing Ezekiel answer because God asked him, he says, can these bones can these live? Bone live? Yep. And he, and I love Ezekiel's humble answer. Lord, you alone know. Yeah. 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 <laughs> but the Lord does know. He does know. And his word spoke out into those dry, exceedingly dry yeah. bones yeah. and brought them back to life. You know, one of my favorite parts in there as well is where Ezekiel says, I prophesied as I was commanded, not how I felt, not what I thought. That's good. What I com- what was commanded of me. Yeah. And if we get back to the foundation of what God has said, then we will see these dry bones begin to come to life because we can't prophesy as we feel. We got to prophesy good. as we've been commanded. Yeah. That's the importance because as you said, he says, Ezekiel, son of man, can these dry bones live again? Ezekiel said, Lord, listen, I don't know, but you know, you know. And he says, great. I'm happy you said that response. Now prophesy. Yeah. Yeah. He still now had a prophesy. role to play. Yeah. He, he still had. Oh, that's so good. Yeah. He still had a role to play. You know, and God is so gracious. We know a lot of people may may start to think otherwise as they grow in ministry and think that they've got it going on or it's their words or it's their personality. At the end of the day, you learn mm-hmm. if you if you do ministry long enough, you mm-hmm. learn that it's not about you at all. It's at all, all about Jesus. I was a beautiful story that I learned in is in uh, England in 1997. I went over there and met some worship leaders. We met Matt Redman back in mm. the day and another guy by the name of Paul Oakley. Mm. And he had written this song called It's All About You, Jesus. Yes. It's not about me as if we yeah. should do things mm-hmm. my way. Wow. You alone are God oh, and I surrender. Mm. Those were the words. And the, the backstory to that is he'd been called last minute to fill in for a worship leader the mm-hmm. next morning. Mm-hmm. He was happy to do that. Yeah. He led worship all the time. That particular night as he sat down to put out a song list, mm-hmm. he couldn't do it. Yeah. Uh-huh. Every every song, he, he felt troubled about it. Wow. And he thought, well, okay, I'll, I'll take it from a different angle. And what happened, Naisha, was hours started to pass. And he's he's feeling perplexed. Like, why can't I even choose a song list? Mm. And it, and uh, finally, late into after midnight, he's still up. He does not have a song list put together. Into the wee hours of that morning, he's continuing to pray. And he goes, this is nuts. Why can't I even string together a song list for leading worship in the morning? And it was in the wee hours of the morning that these words began to flow to him. Wow. And he wrote them down. Wow. And it began to be the formation of this song that kind of went across the globe. Wow. It's, uh, wow. you know, it's wow. all about you, Jesus. Um it's not about me. It's not. And, and so that morning he went in with one song and that was it. And as he did that one song, really the, that's the only one song they mm-hmm. needed. Mm-hmm. Ministry opened up. The spirit of God was moving in people's hearts. When we obey the Lord, he leads us as he wants yeah. to lead us. Yeah. It's not about us. Well, the word of God says those that are led by the spirit are the children of God. Yeah. And that's something that we constantly have to do is lay down our lives and say, God, how do you want to move through me? What do you want to do through me? Use me for your glory. And many of us quote the scripture, you know, who shall I send? God send me. Uh, and then we want to control the spirit. No, no, no. When you say yes, 
You have to be willing to lay down your thoughts, your ideas, and surrender to the Holy Spirit and let the Holy Spirit lead you. He knows who's in the room. He knows what everyone needs. He he knows the mind of God, and we have to allow him to move and step back and and let him have his way. And I really believe that. Yeah. And I really, really believe that that it's going to change everything. You know, in England, when uh, they name their songs, they name them by the first words that are ever sung. So Mm -hmm. usually it's the first word words of the verse and the name of that one in England is called Jesus lover of my soul. Mm. And how good is that to know that we serve the Lord who loves our soul. Yes. And that's what your conference is going to be doing. A call to revival to the God who loves our soul. That's right. And it's going to be again at the church and the sun. Uh, any other details about it you want us to be able to get out there? Yeah, just go ahead and go to eventbrite.com if you would like to come and register as soon as not possible. Not too late then. Not too late, not too late. I think the week before we'll probably cut it off, but it's just $50. Uh, we've made it very affordable for everyone to come. It's going to be phenomenal. You don't want to miss it. I believe God is going to do something supernaturally in that place. You know, I really believe that the Lord is going to move in a way that is going to shift the trajectory. Yeah. Of your life and not just yours, your family. So your with family. that, you you mentioned already worship. Mm-hmm. Worship will be part. Oh, yes. You've got a lot of different ladies that are going to be leading worship mm-hmm. uh, that are from different churches. Mm-hmm. And in addition, there's going to be teaching mm-hmm. and preaching, of course. Mm-hmm. You also mentioned food. Oh, yeah. That's a big deal. Yes. <laughs> and so you've got the food trucks out there. Yes. How many food trucks? We're going to have about six. Oh. We're going to have about six and different types of food. Oh, so yeah. we have some, oh my gosh. I think the best Asian, eating in the world is comes pizza. from food trucks. Oh gosh. <laughs> there, we're going to have so many different diverse groups yeah. out there with different types of food. Because I, I like all kinds of food. I am just open to anything. In fact, I keep saying to myself, when I retire, I want to be like the guy on the, the, the TV station who goes to the different states and cities eating food all day. <laughs> that, what, like, a great, that's what a great gig. That, that, right, that, that, I want that to be me, right? That's my prayer. Pray with me with that. And so I'm, I'm, I'm excited and I'm excited to bring them as well. I know God is doing something overall. Yeah. With with e- even with the 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 group with the food trucks, he's doing something with them. It's time for revival, and I believe it starts with us—a heart that's surrendered to God. That say, God, do whatever you want to do. Bring everyone in the room, from the food trucks to the vendors to the speakers to the volunteers to the worship team. Our worship team. Some are flying from New York to participate. Some are coming from Atlanta to be a part of this. So they're coming from all over the place. Not, I. We don't have anybody in our group who are just from Orlando. They're from everywhere, and and that's because God is doing something supernatural in this season. Uh, And so I'm excited about that. Well, I'm excited as well. It's called Women Arise Conference 2023. Give us that web address, how people can go. Where do they go to sign up? Absolutely. You can go to eventbrite.com and type in Women Arise Conference 2023 and it will pop up. Or you can go to my website, ariseglobalministries.org, and you can also find it there as well. Naisha Harrington, it is always a delight to talk with you. So grateful we got to spend the time at this uh, transformational leadership oh, yes. conference. That was yes. great. Yes. And uh, we'll have to have you back up oh, again yes. here to the studio. Of course. Amen. It's great. Naisha Harrington, my guest and friends, we thank you as well for being with us. We'll see you next time right here on The Shepherd. <music>